Hello and welcome to the From Montana to Portugal podcast. It is my great pleasure today to be with two people who I have um, been longing to actually talk to in person. I've read um, Susanna's writing for quite a long time and I've heard about Samuel, who you'll meet in a moment. And today it's a very great pleasure to, to have two people who are currently in Finland and one person who moved directly from Montana, or maybe you both did actually, I'll ask you in a second. Um, so today I'm I'm having on the podcast Susanna Cragwick and her husband, Samuel Ranta. I really, I practiced that name, so hopefully we got that correct. <laughs> it's a Finnish last name, and we're going to be talking about Montana and Finland and poetry and love and moving abroad, and how it all fits together, and possibly even faith. We'll just see where the conversation takes us. So welcome, Susanna, and welcome, Samuel. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, that, thank, thank you very much. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah, so tell me, where are you at right now? Are you in, in what part of Finland are you in? So... We live in southeastern Finland, in the South Karelia region. The small town that we live in is called Rukalati. Okay, and that one doesn't have a, a, tr- a trilled R? Well, I guess I'm just bad at pronouncing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rukalati. Rukalati, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I hate to say this, but Americans are famously bad at geography. Uh, as um, as you know, I'm moving to Portugal, and I've told a few people that I'm moving to Portugal, and they say something. Many of them have said something like, oh, South America is awesome. Y- yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Portugal is not in South America. It's in Europe next to Spain. Yeah. So uh, would you mind... You would think that people would know where Finland is, and I bet that a lot of people do, but if you wouldn't mind just describing where Finland is at in Europe uh, for the basics, that would be helpful. Well, uh, Finland is like at the the highest, I would say highest peak of Europe, Uh, almost, almost highest peak, actually Norway is even, even. We are actually just a few miles. Um. From the Russian border, actually. So, um, yeah. So I, I guess we're we're on the border between um, Finland and Russia here in this region. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's an incredible place to be, given where we're at in world events right now. Definitely. Yeah. So you've <laughs> <Yes>. got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're in the most northern part of Europe. You're bordered by Russia, and then on your uh, western side, is it uh, uh, Sweden? I should look. Is it Norway? Uh, oh, Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. Yeah. What is it like? Can you describe it in words? What your um, what your village is like or town? Um. Well, in in one word, very small. Like, you know how, um, well, you're from Montana, and we will sometimes describe things as like a blink and miss it 
town, a yes. town that you just pass through and you're like, did I just, did I just see anything? Was there a town there or not? Right. You know, it's one of those towns. So there's, um, there's two small stores. Um, I think they're in the main town. There's just one cafe and a library. It's like, I can use phrases like the cafe, the church, you know, <laughs> etc. because there's just kind of one, one of everything. So it's this very sort of small tight knit community. Uh-huh. Yes. Excellent. That sounds a lot like my community in Montana. Um, we have one, we have one blinking stoplight here. And you could definitely, it is exactly what you described. It's a blink and miss it town. We used to joke about that quite a bit. <laughs> As I like like to put it, uh, blink and forget it. <laughs> yeah, well, like every time Sam Chang tries to say blink and miss it, he says blink and forget it. And I'm like, okay, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so how did the two of you meet? Um, tell us that story. I know it's a it's a fun story. Oh, oh yeah. Um, well, actually, I've always been interested in languages. I've always enjoyed learning languages. And so um, I decided that it would be kind of a fun thing to try to learn one of my ancestral languages. My mom, my mother's side of the family is at least partly Finnish. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'll learn one of my ancestral languages. And so I joined the website conversationexchange.com with the intent of practicing language. And um, Samuel became my conversation partner and and things just developed from there and I enjoy telling people that I married my conversation partner basically. <laughs> so Samuel, what what got you interested in learning English? Uh at one point like uh when I was in the university I noticed that that even though I have been all my life like watching television uh English television and and English movies and uh playing English computer games it's uh you just don't actually get to use the language that way and and uh you learn like words from here and there but you don't get that like capacity to to use it in especially not in real life situations or interaction interactive situations so uh so that's when I I started in in when I was in university in Tampere I decided that I take I will take make this daily schedule that I start studying. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that is that's exactly what I'm thinking about learning Portuguese as well as that we're learning through an app right now and I have um fortunate to have a teacher but I feel like conversations are really where I'm going to learn the most. So having a real conversation with someone versus learning phrases that currently I don't use at all in English, um, like the word Dawn, D-A-W-N. Um, I hardly ever use the word, the phrase, I'm up at dawn. <laughs> and 
<laughs> the language app that I'm using, that was one of the phrases. And I thought, when will I ever use this? I, <laughs> so when did you guys first meet in person? We, we started talking online um, maybe February of 2020. So it was during COVID. And, um, and then in October was when Sam asked me to be his girlfriend. And we actually had to wait like because of COVID finances, other issues, etc. We didn't meet in person until August of 2022. So it's been quite a whirlwind because we met in August of 2022 and and then Sam came to Missoula in February of 2023 to meet my parents meet some of my family and um and then during his time in Missoula he interviewed for the job he has now in Rokolati and um and he proposed on Valentine's Day in, in Missoula. And then I came to Finland on the 20th of May. And we were married at the Turku Courthouse on the 22nd of May. So wow, <laughs> it's like we were we met in August and we were married by by me. Uh-huh. Wow, that's incredible. What a beautiful story. I love that so, so much. Congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it was all a bit overwhelming, but maybe the whole overwhelming aspect of it somehow made it like sweeter and more romantic because it was like, my plane is landing. I'm getting married tomorrow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was quite the whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you're you're good. I was just saying it was oh, oh it was really overwhelming, but I I wouldn't trade the experience for anything. It's yeah. So that it's just it's it's really been incredible um, being able to live here. Did you have? I think weddings are such an interesting cultural event, and also for the for listeners, Missoula is a city in Montana. So, if in case you don't know, that's uh, that's where um, Samuel came to meet Susanna. She was living there. Uh, I'm anyway. Back to weddings. I think they're really interesting culturally. So, did you, you got married at the courthouse, and then did you have a celebration in Finland, uh, a reception or something? Well, actually, I guess the ceremony that we did would be similar to what you would say, like justice of the peace or something like that. So a very, very small ceremony. And I, one thing that I loved is that they were willing to do the ceremony in two languages. So the one officiating the ceremony read the the vows and everything in English and, and then Finnish. And so then it was very special because, well, then my family could understand what was going on. And then Sam's parents, who really don't speak English much at all, were 
we're also able to really be involved and, you know, enjoy this special day of their son's life. So I, I love that they were willing to do the ceremony in two languages. And and to answer your question, we just had a very small party that Sam's parents hosted for us in their home. And I got to meet um, Sam and I guess now my <laughs> nieces and nephews. And we just had some snacks and, and a and a nice cake. It wasn't a traditional wedding cake, just a basic chocolate cake, but I'm all about the chocolate. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, it, yeah, so it was, it was really, it was a really good time. It was very small, very casual, but that actually fits my personality better than like this huge wedding would have. It, it was so it was perfect for us. Uh -huh. I love that. I'm with you. It, it would fit my personality as well. So I can see, I, I, you know, I, I was just imagining, oh, maybe 50 to 100 years ago when people had much smaller weddings and they were typically in, in the, in the U.S. at least, and at least in Montana, in their parents' backyard or a local church, or um, there wasn't maybe not even alcohol served. It was just um, a very small event. Yeah, like it was very like small, very intimate, and yeah, and that's that's kind of how ours were. Um, this is Samuel's sister Anna picked out my bouquet that I held during the ceremony and and then we just had a small party afterwards and, and took some pictures and and yeah so and and I think that um we when we go back to the U.S. and there's no specific date yet we are planning on doing a renewing of the vows ceremony, kind of having a second wedding, because, well, one of the hard things for me is that my family didn't really get to participate in the wedding. My dad didn't get to walk me down the aisle. It was just, I, I moved to another country and got married and people basically just received, um, texted pictures and, you know, video and whatnot. So I, I want something that my family can participate in more. So when we go back to the U.S., we plan on doing a renewing of the vows ceremony. Mm, yeah. So I was wondering when you said your parents could understand, I was wondering if they were actually there, if they were listening via video and or watching via video. And it sounds like that that's the case. Well, we weren't sure how the internet connection would be. So we actually decided not to live stream. So people received videos and pictures like right after, like I remember going to Samuel's parents' house and sitting on the bed and texting my mom and being like, oh my God, mom, I'm married. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it was different because I always thought that, you know, that she would be there, that my dad would be walking me down the aisle, and it just didn't work out that way. But still, you know, life is still beautiful, even if it doesn't work out the way that we expect that it would. Yeah, exactly. That's, I, I have to tell listeners, so Susanna is a poet and a writer as well, and I really appreciate her writing. 
and your most recent poem and then the explanation behind it was to me about um, perfectionism and a bit about how we expect things, can expect things to turn out um, a certain way. And um, I don't know if you want to share that story a little bit. So you're talking about the the poem in, entitled um, Love Yourself. And I, I don't know that there's a specific like story behind it, but just like one of the things that I have found is like, I can be really like bogged down by, by perfectionism. It's just like, I want everything to be, to be perfect. But then when I choose to just do something just because, to just do something for fun and to be like, okay, Susie, you are allowed to make mistakes. I I find that things sometimes actually turn out better. It's like, well, in the um, post, I, I shared about an um, experiment I read about where they had students gathered into two groups and with one group they told each group to draw a specific geometrical shape and um with the first group they told them don't mess up make sure that you don't do this wrong don't mess up and with the second group they told them things like you are so good at this. We know that you can handle this. We know that you can do it. And the the group where they were reminded, like, don't mess up. None of, they all messed up. All, none of them were able to produce what was asked. Um, and, and then I was just reflecting on that and saying that sometimes that is what we do to ourselves like that's what I've done to myself where I've gone to write a poem or draw something or or do anything and I'm thinking this has to be perfect I, it has to be meticulously perfect everything has it has to be right and and then I just end up like paralyzed and I'm like I have no idea what to do what to write and I'm just like scared of like staring at a blank page but then when I tell myself, okay, I just need to write something, I just need to tell my truth, then it flows better when I don't have this obligation on myself to be just absolutely perfect with everything. It's like we are allowed to mess up. We are allowed to make mistakes and, you know, sometimes... Um, we discover new things about ourselves in the process. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was so helpful to me. And you're right. We are allowed to make mistakes. And, and the, the difference between someone cheering you on versus someone saying, don't make a mistake, make sure that you don't do this wrong. It. I was thinking about that in relationship to all of the things that are happening with moving abroad for me, which is a lot of paperwork a lot of big decisions, uh, life, life altering decisions and feeling that pressure to get it all right the first time. And then after I read that story, I realized, oh, if I did approach this with a little bit less perfectionism and more cheerleading, 
the whole process would likely go a lot better. Yeah, I I remember one time I was in a group piano class at the University of Montana, and I was trying to play a song and I don't remember what song it was at the time but I kept getting to this one part and my fingers would just bend weirdly and I was just fumbling and I would stumble at that same point like every time I tried to play it and I remember the teacher came up behind me and she just said the phrase Susanna you're allowed to mess up you're allowed to make mistakes and just having her say that it sort of relaxed my heart and and my mind, which relaxed my hands, and and then I was um I was fine and and I was able to play it. So it's like sometimes we can get into perfectionism and we don't give ourselves grace. So we need others to come beside us and and be like, um, this is good you are doing fine, keep going, you know, you're allowed to make mistakes. And, and I think that's something that Samuel has done for me, because sometimes um, I, I enjoy crocheting and, and I will make something and I'm like, it's bad, it's crooked, the stitching is wrong. And he's like, honey, it is beautiful. Do not tear it apart again. <laughs> like, you know, and and so he's like a, a good balance for me because um, I can be very much a perfectionist and very intense. And I think he, his gentle presence and just reminding me that I don't have to be like absolutely perfect. It's, it's really been healing for me. I'm so happy to hear that. And Samwell, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your impressions of Missoula and Montana when you first arrived, uh, did it match what you thought that uh, Montana would be like? Well, ever since I started uh, uh, talking with Susanna, I have been studying like lots of Google Maps and and <laughs> sort of like virtual walking in in places in Missoula, and, and I couldn't could not in any way prepare to like the kind of like very very warm. A welcoming atmosphere that's like it it really is something that i am missing missing that because <laughs> it it feels so bizarre for for a finnish person that everybody's talking to each other and like i said i said to susanna that it's these these people are as talkative as finnish people are only when they are drunk <laughs> that's great so Montanans talk a lot. We're warm and welcoming. That was your impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 unbelievable that even even in hardware store, uh, the the sale salesperson they they greet you and uh, ask you how you are doing and stuff like that. And that's like that's something that would be, you know, it's it's so unfinished because. In Finland, you go to store and nobody greets you, and <laughs> they look away from you, and it's it's so different. Yeah. Hmm. Susanna, I'm curious about that. Did have you noticed that in Finland? Oh, 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 definitely. Um. So when I visited Finland for the first time in August, I was in 
Samuel's hometown Turku, with which is more like southwest Finland. And I remember going like sometime in the early evening to this big shopping center, and it was basically completely silent. I mean, of course, if people came together, like if friends came shopping together, they were talking with each other and um and like you know there was like the mom talking with the little kid or something like that but like you know being in Missoula or um Butte is actually where I was born and raised Butte Montana it's like you see people running into each other and having conversations in the aisle I've had people behind me in in line um start talking with me and starting a conversation about something that they see in my cart. Like they want to know, you know, do I like this or that product and what recipe am I planning on making with it? And, you know, it's like Newton Missoula people are just talkative. Um, whereas in Finland, it was just like this, this silence, which in, in a way was like, it, it was a little bit hard for me, but it also, as an introvert, it, it was also comforting because I'm like, cool, I don't have to like act happy or act like anything because mm -hmm. nobody talks to me here, <laughs> you know, and, and it was like, so, um, so Samuel and I have both experienced like a sense of culture shock because, well, he, he came to Missoula and he's like, oh my gosh, like everybody is so like loud and talkative here and, and cheerful. And, and I oh, went to Finland. Well, obviously I'm living in, in Finland and I'm like, nobody talks here. Everybody is silent. And that is something that I've had to adjust to like for example um here in in Rukulati, when I walk from our apartment to the library for example people walking by me don't look at me they will sometimes even veer in the other direction they will turn their heads um and they really don't greet it's it's rare if somebody even says hi to you or even a simple greeting is kind of rare and for a while like that was that was like hard for me and I I felt like I don't know the language I don't know anybody here and nobody is talking to me um but then as I started actually meeting people I you know, like started seeing this very deep kindness. Like, for example, at first we didn't have a vehicle and we received this huge package and we went to um, the store to pick up the, the package and it was just way, way too heavy. And there was a kind couple there that um, offered us a, a ride home. And just like we've benefited from the kindness of strangers and and um and I've been going to the library and the library staff has been really helpful and they spent time trying to find language learning materials for me and they've just been very very kind and very helpful so I I'm definitely adjusting and something that I was thinking about today is that like as we move to a new 
place. It's like we have to learn to see people through the lens of their own culture instead of the lens of, of our own culture. Because I'm walking down the road and I'm thinking, why why is nobody talking to me? Why is nobody greeting me? Because it's what I've grown to kind of expect. You know, being in Montana, especially smaller towns in Montana. Um, but then I, I was, I had to think about that. And I'm like, wait a minute, I need to just see these people how they are. And, and I remember that um, Sam's older brother was talking with me and he, and he, one thing that he said is like, that people might not greet or show eye contact, because it's actually a form of respect. It's like they are giving you they are like allowing you space and they're wanting to show you that they're not like awkwardly staring at you and so it's like there is actually a respectful reason that you know that you might not necessarily be greeted a lot or people don't really make eye contact that much so it was like okay I have to see this through this Finnish cultural lens instead of you know with my own perspectives and mm. um and I found it that when um when I do greet people like they 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 respond and they're happy to receive some kind of um greeting and whatnot so and another thing um it might sound weird but another thing I was thinking of today is you know there's that phrase um when in Rome, do as the Romans do, like that famous like idiom or whatever. And and I was thinking that to a certain extent, that is true. There are things that I might do or not do out of respect for the Finnish people, the Finnish culture, um, etc. But at the same time, I also need to be true to myself and something that I've just been thinking about and just the, like learning is that people like me and want to speak with me and get to know me more not because I'm like them or that I'm blending perfectly into their culture with the clothing that I wear and how I talk or whatever but because I'm me and people actually enjoy like you know um the things that make me different, the things that make me stand out. So it's like we we need to do that like when in Rome kind of thing just as a way to show respect. But we also need to be, you know, true to ourselves and kind of be willing to stand out a little bit, be willing to be different because it can actually bring light and hope just like being ourselves, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You are so wise, Susanna. I just love you. Your writing is so wise and profound, and you bring that same energy to this conversation. And just to repeat for listeners, what I heard is to we don't have to make ourselves like the culture we are uh, moving into, uh, and we can view things through their lens, and we can definitely respect their culture by being a part of it, but ultimately we are who we are. So if we try to change ourselves to fit in to a culture, we're just, again, hiding who we are and not allowing people to really love us for who we are. 
Is that right, Susanna? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like we we need to be who we are. And, and I think that that's something that has really made Samuel and my relationship strong that we did. We, we did meet online, but we just decided from the beginning, we are going to be truthful about everything. We're not going to try to put on airs or, or fake anything. And so it was like, we fell in love with each other's authentic selves. And um, and that that's just what I'm trying to do here is like show respect for the culture, but at the same time, just believe that there are beautiful and empowering things about me that, that I can also share, even if they don't necessarily fit into the cultural atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and Samwell, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind speaking some Finnish for us. So how would you greet someone in Finland? Yeah. Hyvä päivä. Hyvä päivä. Okay, that's hello? That that would be like good day. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking is there such thing as good, good day greeting in, in English. Yeah. yeah, hyvä päivä. Then there's hey, which is... Just like hello, terve, which is actually it means healthy. I don't know how it can, how it can be a greeting. Don't ask me, but it's it's terve, terve. In in the mornings, uh, good morning is like hyvää huomenta. Good night is hyvää yötä. <laughs> nice nice to meet you. Is hauska tutustua. Okay. And so on. And uh, how would you say, since since the two of you are newly married, how would you say I love you in Finnish? Uh, uh, minä rakastan sinua. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. So, uh, Susanna, are there, mm-hmm. are there Finnish words that you mm-hmm. find especially pleasing or interesting? Is there anything about the language that has delighted you? I, I was thinking about this question today, and what I can say is that I feel like I am still learning the language and barely beginner level, so I feel like I'm excited about getting to discover things that I love about the language, but I don't know that I'm there now. Um, One of the interesting things is that Finnish does not really have prepositions. You know how... um. English, we will use words like at, from, in, etc. In in Finnish, they just tie suffixes onto the ends of words to indicate that um, something is from something or in or at or at something. And, and that aspect is both something fascinating and something that also makes the language a little bit more difficult for a native English speaker to grasp. Yes. So instead of saying at the hospital, you would just say hospital? Like or... kind of like that. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like that the basic form of hospital is sairaala. And then, oh, okay. Yes, Ruan said that you use another example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, like, uh, like, uh, so, like, house is talo. Yeah. And inside the house is talossa. 
So you add like SSA into the word. So there's no no okay. preposition of any kind. Just you just bend the word, and uh, that is what many people find very 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 hard because those different uh, end markings. There are so many of them. Fifteen, I think, in wow. in Finnish language. So uh, according to the situations where you are are at and what you are trying to say. So it's like. And a, and a word can get completely like different meaning if you just change mm. the ending. Mm. There's a learning curve there, yeah. There's so many learning curves. I'm curious what people enjoy doing in Finland um, in the seasons. So right now we're in August. What are What are you all doing for fun or for leisure, pleasure, enjoyment? Well, we definitely enjoy having Lake Sema, the largest lake in Finland, basically kind of right outside our door or like no more than like a 10-minute walk or, or so. So we have been enjoying being in the water and swimming and we've seen people um, boating and fishing and just uh, enjoying the lake. Um outside it um like right outside our backyard there's a, a forest and we've enjoyed doing some hiking in the forest and also we've been doing tons of blueberry picking and so we've been enjoying hiking and blueberry picking so yeah it's just this very kind of fun nature filled life here in this small town similar uh-huh. to montana yeah. in some ways yes <laughs> in some ways um i'm i'm kind of missing the mountains it's a little bit weird to not see mountains but just being able to be um in the lake or just to be able to dwell in the forest there's just something very serene and healing about just being in nature absolutely And so then I'm assuming that once winter comes, there will be cross-country skiing and ice skating. Oh, definitely. And yeah, yeah. And ice, ice swimming, yeah. Um, Samuel, ice swimming? Yes. <laughs> Samuel is an ice swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Do you do that with a wetsuit on or are you... Are you? Is it skin to ice? Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> Does just that make sense. Yeah, it's just just with like regular, uh, just with swimming pants on and yeah, nothing else. Wow. Yeah. So wow. How long are you in the water? Uh, I have I have set myself a limit that, uh, I will not pass the five minutes. Five minutes is the is the longest I I will be there because I don't want to. I know I could stay longer, but I'm a uh, little bit of like concerned about like that if I just push my limits further and further, I mean, it might get dangerous. Someone, yeah. Yeah. Wow, I've heard that that's really good for your health. Do you find that it's helpful for your health yeah it, it it has been it has been in in the long term but uh when i first started it there were actually periods when when i was almost like had this like very persistent constant little flu kind of 
thing going on. But then it's faded out and and uh, it is like overall it's it's good. But uh, some people can be disappointed when they are expecting like to to get like the health benefits right away, but they might they might actually get some negative at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have, okay, so I'm going to ask some questions that are more stereotypes in my mind. So you can tell me if this is true or false okay. about Finland. Uh, so do you have saunas? Um, are there places regularly where people might take an ice bath and then get into the heat afterwards? Is that part of your culture? Yeah, definitely. The sa- sa- sauna is like uh, almost like that. All the other program is sort of like built around the sauna thing, and it's like actually, actually, many people skip the sauna. But I don't know. I guess the idea is that let's get together and do something, mm-hmm. and then then everybody's warming the sauna, even if they will not use it. And it's like there's like something to do there, and uh, chopping the wood and stuff, and uh, and it's like. Personally, I I rarely go to sauna, but but when I was like a little, it it was kind of like uh, the mentality was like that at least once a week you have to get to sauna to to really be clean. That's very interesting. What are people eating this time of year besides blueberries? What are you having for let's say your dinner or breakfast? I I don't know if it's any different than it would be in the U.S. Um, today I had a soft boiled egg and toast. Is that exciting? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Some things I have <laughs> milk and cereal and um and and I've kind of enjoyed um shopping in the Finnish stores just because they have like different kinds of cereals and candies and things that I haven't tried before. So it's been kind of an an adventure here being able to try new things and Sam has been introducing me to some of the like nostalgic foods and treats of his childhood and things like that so yeah well in in um outside these people are barbecuing and, and stuff like that so I don't think it's actually that that different from from us not not that different but it's I I guess that there's the fish plays like a big part in 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 Finnish food culture because it's yeah because it's a land of lakes so obviously there's fish everywhere <laughs> and oh it's so interesting when you google finland the first thing that comes up is a beautiful lake and of course some gorgeous architecture in helsinki and have you been to helsinki yet um I haven't really had a chance to really stay and visit it. I think we went like by Helsinki or through Helsinki on our way here. And well, I've seen the Helsinki airport a couple times, but I mean, that's not very exciting. I've well, (laughs) because actually there was like quite a huge price difference versus, you know, landing in Helsinki versus Turku or other areas so I've always landed um, at the Helsinki airport but then um, you know Sam has come to pick me up and we've basically just gone straight into Turku so I hope someday I can um, potentially see more of Helsinki. Uh, 
I, I have really enjoyed spending time in Turku and being able to see the like medieval cathedral and the castle that I think dates from like the 1200s or the 1300s or and and just like there's just some very like beautiful architecture in um Samwell's hometown Turku uh-huh. so I've enjoyed that definitely how are you dealing with feelings of homesickness if those come up how 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 are you handling the ups and downs of such a big move some days I I handle it better than others but um I I would say that I am very thankful for technology like I think about the olden days when people would have had to rely on sending letters that could take like months and months or longer to arrive and and I'm happy that I I just get to just message my mom on Facebook messenger or just have a video call with her so I think that really helps the homesickness and and just like I I just try to sort of like stay centered on what are the good things about being here because like for example there are things that I have here like for example certain kinds of like tasty new candies and other foods and things that I can be like oh my gosh, like now that I'm here, I get to enjoy these things. And there's, and you know, it's all a balance. There's going to be people and things that I miss from Montana, but there's also a lot of like, you know, beautiful, sacred relationships and friendships and, and, and new things to try and explore here. So it's, it's just really a balance, but yeah, I'm very thankful for technology and being able to have video calls with, with my mom and, um, and others. Yeah. 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 It sounds like you're focusing on what the positives are and the things that bring you joy Mm -hmm. in Finland and really connecting with the people that you love in Montana and elsewhere as well, which I think is great advice. Definitely. And, um, and if I could just like add to that, like one, one thing that, um, I think is very important is that before um, we move abroad, we need to go ahead and spend time with those we love, even if it means like taking a little bit of time off of work or, or just whatever else we, we might be doing. It's like, so before I came to Finland, I made sure that I was spending time with my friends and that I was meeting them, even if it was just like a lunch or coffee date and, and just taking time to spend with them. And I think that that giving myself that time to spend with my friends before I left and just to prioritize my family, I, I think that really helped me in the transition and and also, as far as packing stuff, I mean, of course, I brought the usual clothes, paperwork, blah, 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 you know, um, but I also made sure that I brought some like sentimental items with me. Like, for example, um, one of my neighbors had carved an angel for me out of glass as a high school graduation present. 
And that was actually Mm. one of the things that I brought with me. So it's like, it's important to not only bring the practical things, but just like, you know, make sure to bring like at least like a couple of those sort of like sentimental items that sort of attach you to your home. And for me, I found that 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 even just being able to have those items and just being able to hang them on the wall or put them on the shelf has had some sort of like, you know, positive effect on my transition into Finland. Uh That's a great point to bring those things that mean something to you from your home and have that to remind you. Uh, was there anything in particular Mm -hmm. about Montana or was it mostly things that people had given you growing up that you brought? I think it was mainly things that people had given me, like my angel statue and, um, well, it's kind of silly, but I, um, I, I love elephants for some reason. (laughs) They just, they're just joyful and they make me happy. So I brought my two little glass pink elephants and I don't even remember where those came from but they're special to me and they make me happy so (laughs) they got to come along in my suitcase (laughs) yeah so it's like you just have to have things around the house that bring you joy and and as far as Montana um we are still working on decorating and setting this place up and 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 one thing that we're planning on doing is hanging some pictures on the wall like what maybe one of like Butte or Missoula and then one of Turku and then we're gonna put our wedding picture in between Mm. to kind of show like you know that we are from like you know two different places and it's just sort of like a way to sort of honor both of our roots Uh oh that's a beautiful idea I love Mm -hmm. that that's great well, um, Samuel, has it been a cultural adjustment for you? Are, are you thinking, do you see your culture through different eyes, having Susanna with you, meaning maybe you didn't see something in a certain way before, but now you see it in a different way? Yeah, definitely. Those things that Susanna have noticed like right away, <laughs> uh, right away from, from the airport, they are the kind of things that I have never ever even given any thought of it's it's very interesting i I think it really does good for to travel to different cultures and they see uh, after that they they never watch their own culture in the same way anymore because it's just see or hear the same things anymore after after you have that other view Mm. Yeah, yeah i agree I agree. It's it's so interesting. Is there an example of a small thing that you wouldn't have noticed before that Susanna pointed out to you or it was interesting to her? Some words have only one character difference. Well, after Susanna had pointed out that these, these words have only one character difference, then that has been the first time in my life that I have realized that that there really is just one one different character in these two words because in my mind they are completely different words <laughs> mm, interesting interesting yeah like oh one kind of like f- funny um example is i um i had just learned the finnish word for for 
chicken, which correct me if I'm wrong, honey, is canna. Yeah. And um, and then we were shopping at the grocery store, and I picked up a bag of carrots, and it said pork canna, and like pork, you know. And I、mm-hmm. and I was just like, why does the bag of carrots say pork chicken? Are these carrots that are supposed to be used for for stew, or what's going on here? And, and Sam was like, he was laughing, and he's like, "No, honey,、um, just the word for carrot is porcana." I'm saying it as like pork chicken, and I'm like, "What are they trying to say to me here?" Yeah, and it, it's that's the kind of kind of thing that never even you never even think of it. The Finnish mind don't connect it that way, so it's. And then there are other other small words like with. I have noticed that Americans have different、uh, have difficulties in in telling the difference between、uh, the words ulos like out and ulos, which is up, and it's like they many people say that ulos and ulos that they sound like the same, and it's like. Uh, but for me, they are from completely different words. But when I when I really start saying it,、mm. repeating those words, I understand that they do actually they sound very similar. When you think about the history of immigration from Europe to the U.S. and now Susanna moving the other way,、um, so I think a lot about my ancestors moving from they moved from Denmark. In Germany, and、um, actually near Odessa in the Ukraine,、um, to Montana, and how far that journey was, and how difficult it was for them. Do you think about that at all, Susanna? And that you're going, you're reversing the journey. I I definitely do.、Um, it it's something very sacred, and something that I definitely don't. Take for granted that I'm actually returning into my ancestral homeland, and、um, and it's just like I I definitely want to honor my ancestors. My great great grandmother on my mother's side、um, came from Finland to Montana, and she well she.、Um, I had, I believe, um, ten kids, and sadly, um, giving birth to the tenth child, she, um, she hemorrhaged and she died in childbirth. And for the longest time, the fact that she had bled and died during birth was the only thing that I knew about her. And so I spent so many years being like, "Who is she?" Who is she beyond her pain, and、um, and then we started finding some, you know, newspaper articles, just even simple things in the society pages about who she was visiting and what she was what she was doing, and we discovered she like she、um, sold chickens and maybe other other farm animals and was very.、Um, Very respected and very loved in her community, and so it's just been this beautiful experience to、um, to step back into her homeland and just be able to just 
learn in a new way about um, where she came from, because I think so often, like, our ancestors can be defined by their difficulties and by their pain. But at the same time, I wonder things like, what did they love to do? And what made her laugh? And, and it's just, um, yeah, it's just been like a beautiful experience. And I feel like I can um, feel her, her presence um, around me. It's almost as if she actually beckoned me back into her homeland to experience some sort of um, healing that I that I needed. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And what an in- incredible opportunity to do that. Most of us don't have that opportunity to walk back in time and mm-hmm. in some ways and connect with our ancestors. So I really appreciate you sharing that mm-hmm. with us and, and everything else, Samuel and Susanna. I'm curious, or actually what I want to ask is, Susanna, for people who want to read your poetry mm-hmm. and engage in your work and your writing, how best can they do that? Where where should they go? So um, probably my Substack is going to be the best place to go. Um, I I do have a Facebook page, but if people want to see my newest updated material, Substack is going to be the best. And um. So basically, you would just go to susannacraigwick.substack.com and, um, and right now, all of my poems and reflections are available for free. I do have a paid option, but it's more like just a tip jar for, for those that want to contribute. And I kind of joke that it's for me to buy more journals and fancy pens and chocolate. <laughs> which is always a good thing. Well, um, yeah. So anybody who wants to um, come and read some poetry and just, uh, we, I, I just try to focus on just um, empowering people. And I just um, have found that there's like among my subscribers, there's people from all sorts of different walks of life and, and, and I just love the variety. So yeah, susannacraigwick.substack.com. Excellent. I will link to that in the show notes as well. And of course, shout that out. Thank you. We both have loved Substack. I, I definitely love it. I've met some incredible people, including yourself on Substack and just yeah. have enjoyed it so much. It's a really fun place to be. It, it really is. Yeah. And and I like that it's helped me stay consistent. I I like the accountability that um, it's not like I'm obligated to produce this many poems per week, but I just like that people are interested and are waiting to see what is she going to present next. And and I, I just kind of love that accountability and just being able to keep up with my writing. And I think Substack helps me with that. Me, me too. So, and for those of you who want to both subscribe to this podcast and then see the newsletter on Substack, mine is janelleholden.substack.com and would love to have you there and to join the conversation. This podcast will actually be posted there and people can put comments as well. Of course, keep them respectful and kind. And actually, I haven't found that that's a problem at all on Substack, but uh, we would appreciate your comments. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, Susanna and Samuel, if you wouldn't mind staying around, I'm going to end the recording and we will just continue the conversation real quick. But uh, for all the listeners, thank you so much for listening. And uh, our next episode will be out soon. So thanks again. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with Susanna and Samuel.